Today's program has been brought to you by Heritage Foods USA, the nation's largest distributor of heritage breed pigs and turkeys. For more information, visit heritagefoodsusa.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. This is Greenhorns Radio. I'm here for another episode, and this one focused on the Grange, an incredible institution from the 1860s, which is undergoing a revival, and one of the areas of the strongest revival is in California, and I'm joined today by Grange Master, California State Grange Master Bob McFarland. Welcome to the show, Bob. Thank you, Severin. I'm glad to be on. Well, uh, it's very exciting to, to hear your voice and um, to be speaking with you on this topic, which uh, is very exciting to me. I've been reading about Oliver Kelly um, as we pursue a project in the Greenhorn world called Grange Future, and I'm just very excited about the Grange as this kind of syllabus of appropriate community and citizen action to support family farming. I wonder if you can talk a little bit about your entrance into the Grange and why, uh, why you have, why you have uh, become the state Grange master. Well, first of all, let's correct the title. Master is kind of a, an, an internal title. I prefer the title president um, because of the connotation that uh, master sometimes carries to, to, to some people. So oh, we this call is ourselves awesome. a post post patriarchal patron. Yes. That sounds good. You can call me a patron, too. Um, Okay, good. Yeah. Well, my entrance into the Grange wasn't all that long ago, about 10, 11 years ago, and um, I live in a rural community here in California, and we had an issue with a creek where the uh, irrigation district, the county irrigation district, wanted to shut off the water and pipe it down to the west part of the county where all this new development is going on. We wanted to save the habitat of the creek, and the only game in town in this little small rural community was the Grange. So I approached the Grange and asked for their help. Uh, They offered their help, and uh, lo and behold, we saved the creek with the Grange's help. So that's a typical So the Grange helped you save the creek, and now the creek is... Well, sorry, and now it's grown into um, much more than that in terms of your involvement... (laughs) Let's talk about yeah. the extent of the Grange movement in California and some of the activities that have been happening in these reviving Grange halls. Well, we're calling it here in California the Grange Renaissance. Uh, we think we are returning to our roots, the founding principles of the Grange back in 1867. Uh, we've been here in California since 1870, so... That makes us the oldest uh, agricultural organization in the country, continuously operating. And here in California, we serve 185 communities. We have 185 Grange Halls uh, and 10,000 members statewide. And we do a variety of 
services for our community, and and most recently, in the last few years, we've seen a, a great reawakening, uh, reinterest in the Grange by young farmers. Um, I call these people uh, the sons and daughters of the family farm, and the farm has now been sold, and they're looking for a place to practice their craft. It's in their blood. So uh, the Grange uh, champions their causes and uh, gives them a home, a place to meet, and whenever possible, you try to find them uh, a patch of land to farm. So this is, of course, a very logical, community-scale type of engagement with the issues as they emerge. Um, let's just go over briefly some of the major milestones of Grange history for people who are just becoming familiar with the Grange, um, some of the problems that Grangers faced in their communities and some of the actions that they took um, to overcome those problems. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you, you mentioned Oliver Hudson Kelly the, is credited to being the father of the Grange. Um, the Grange has always been an advocacy organization, so we work uh, with uh, local, state, and national uh, legislators to try to bring about uh, good policy. And historically, the Grange is noted for things like uh, rural mail delivery. Um, the Grange was behind that, and that's why we, we've got rural mail delivery. And now the Grange is fighting to keep that rural Grange, that rural mail delivery going on. And we're noted for other less notorious things like uh, the stripes you see down the middle of a highway. That was a Grange idea. But more importantly, I think, in the broader themes of things, um, one of the things that's really noteworthy is that the Grange was the first national organization to welcome women into the membership and give them equal rights with the men and the right to vote and the right to hold office. And historically, this all happened right after the Civil War in the Reconstruction period when Congress was giving voting rights to former black slaves the Grange was giving voting rights to women. And there's a reason for that, Severin. Oliver Hudson Kelly was assigned by the president to go down into the South and survey the conditions of rural and farming communities after the Civil War. And, of course, he found a great deal of devastation. He also found a great deal of a great many farms that were being managed and run now by widows and their children. So that was another reason that... Uh, the Grange felt it was a good idea to bring women into the organization. Um, so we were part of the suffrage movement all the way through up into the 1900s. Uh, Susan B. Anthony was a member of the Grange, and she, in fact, gave her last public speech at a Grange Hall. Um, we've always supported small farmers and community farmers. That, that is our origin. That's, that's where we started and we've gotten away from that over a period of 140 years somewhat, you know, with the decline in family farms for the last 50 years or so. Now we're seeing a resurgence with organizations like the Greenhorns. So we we believe we can advocate for young farmers and small farmers, and that's what we're doing here in California. Well, I, um, I you know, occasionally hear from... Grange liaisons around California where they're passing the Greenhorns DVD from hand to hand and emailing us and saying, is it okay that we don't, you know, buy a new DVD we're just sharing? And, of course, we say that's so wonderful. And, yeah. um, but some of the things that are going on in California Granges are not just the old traditions of rural 
uh, rural mail delivery, but farmer education, uh, grain, small grain infrastructure. Could you um, maybe tell a few little stories about uh, some of the projects undertaken by these little community uh, consortia of the, in the Granges? Sure. We have, um, as I said, 185 Granges in California. I'd say about uh, 20% of them now are what I would term as progressive Granges, meaning that they're trying new things, um, and that includes support for their communities and, and small farmers. It basically, if you had to put it in a nutshell, it's all about making healthier communities where our grain halls are located. And that's through education in the schools. That's through uh, on-hands training. We, we have a new uh, agricultural school in California sponsored by the Grange. Uh, we're very proud of it. It's a seven-acre farm, and we're going to have students showing up this spring for the first time, and it's going to be a dirt-under-the-fingernails experience for people that want to learn how to become a beginning farmer. Um, legislatively, we're very active um, you know, the farm bill just passed with uh, uh, part of it saying that now industrial hemp is legal in the United States under certain limitations. Well, in September here in California, we were able to get Governor Brown to sign the Grange legislation making industrial hemp legal in California. So I, don't, I think this year we're going to see farmers in California growing industrial hemp legally for the first time in, what, 80 years? And um, that's a big uh, opportunity for young farmers. Uh, industrial hemp, I'm sure you know, is a very uh, sturdy, useful uh, plant. And uh, it's easy to grow, grows almost anywhere. It's easy on the earth, easy on water consumption, something we're all concer concerned about. So the Grange was happy to sponsor that. We also are in partnership with the... Uh, a coalition of 15 organizations here in California that includes groups like uh, Center for Food Safety, Environmental Watch, uh, Pesticide Watch, uh, Label GMOs, uh, which was Prop 37 here in California. This year we're going to see a bill in the California legislature to label GMOs. We already have a legislative sponsor. We didn't think we would get anybody, but lo and behold, we have someone. That's historic. And a lot of what the Grange has been able to do legislatively in the last few years has not only taken that progressive direction to embrace more small farmers and communities, um, but it's really helped us uh, with our clout, with our legislators. We're being invited to uh, give witness to certain bills and sit on panels and things like that. So the Grange is <clears throat> reemerging um, from a, a period of uh, 30 years of dormancy. We're, we couldn't be happier. Well, and, uh, of course, the tradition the tradition of, um, of women in the Grange and so much, of the, so much of the programming of the Grange oriented around the conditions, the kind of mental ecology of farm women and their capacity to cope with the strains of rural living is, in fact, echoed by a lot of the work that we are, you know, we're engaged with is Greenhorns and helping people keep their spirits up and their kind of professional trajectory on track as they deal with the struggle of entering agriculture and this GMO legislation really echoing in the tradition of, of anti-monopoly uh, uh, posture that the Grange assumed against the railroads and during the populist period. 
Um, what, what do you think is coming up next? Uh, how do you counsel people who are just pricking their ears up at this, at this Grange revival? How can they get involved? What do you see coming? I counsel uh, young farmers to find their local Grange. You know, I've, I've worked with groups like Transition. I'm sure you're familiar with Transition. Uh, the Greenhorns, we're, we're just now starting to develop a, a good relationship. I, uh, I'll be at the event on March 8th in Healdsburg. I think, are you going to be there, Severance? I'm going to be speaking and giving my little slideshow. Well, I'm looking forward to meeting you in person. Um, Me too. So we're, I'm, we're I'm, also partnering I want you to be ready to be pulled up on stage. <laughs> well, I'll practice my tap dance. Um, okay. Uh, the Young Farmers Guild is another emerging organization in California. EcoFarm is, is a, a, a festival celebrating small agriculture that we love to go to every year, and there's 1,500 uh, groups there and, and people looking for other organizations to partner with and pursue their common goals. I think Transition is a good example. Here's a group that really has taken off in the United States but, but, you know, a couple of years ago, they were in here in California, they were meeting in parks, maybe a library. Um, so we were able to uh, talk with them, uh, get in touch with their leadership and say, look, you have common goals with the Grange. Why not join the Grange, make use of our halls to get your message out? And that's what's happened. So a lot of our Granges in California now have quite a few transition members in them. Um, and, of course, this is all about healthy healthy food and, and, and the way we grow our food. and um, that's, that's taking off, as you know, across the country. The normal consumer out there is becoming aware, more and more aware each day of what they're eating. And the GMO problem is just one example of that. It's, it's not just an economic thing. It's, um, it's just not good for us. There's you know, there's plenty of studies that show that this stuff needs more scrutiny before we, you know, continue to give it to to our children to eat. And, you know, the big bucks out there, they're saying, well, we're going to just put all these studies under the carpet. We're going to ignore them. But more and more, the word is getting out. And the Grange feels very responsible to serve not only our members, but our communities and educate them about how they can have healthier lifestyles. Well, it's really, it's, it's, it's so wonderful to see a farm organization with um, such a long, strong lineage of commitment to the family farm economy coming out strongly in support of farmers' rights and, and consumers' rights and doing so inside of an institutional um, format that's really approachable by us all. And one part of the, you know, the farm bill is thanks, thankfully over, but how inscrutable and complex is that um, process, yeah. and where and the Grange is really um, a manageable a manageable scale to start with in terms of organizing within your community um, for on topics that are of, of direct relevance to you, and that you can develop there in that community scale the skills that you need to move on to state and national level engagement. So. As a training ground and as an incubator for legislative action, I feel um, yes. really connected to the the Grange scale. Yeah, one of the one of the unique 
things about the Grange uh, when you put it up alongside of other organizations. Number one, we're a membership organization. A lot of uh, organizations that are supporting uh, sustainable agriculture are more, you know, an office setting with several possibly lobbyists or something working towards those causes. We are a grassroots organization. Our membership sets our policy. Uh, I'm the low man on the totem pole. I'm the last guy out the door. Um, Our members uh, give us our marching orders. And every individual grange and every individual community can set their own policy. We do not dictate that from any central authority. If a community needs um, disaster preparedness, a grange can facilitate that. If a community has water problems, a grange can help with those problems. Um, So, you know, each grange is individual and sets its own footprint in their community. And we do have quite a bit in common, of course, especially this resurgence, this renaissance, this excitement, this energy, this new life we're all experiencing. Um, A lot of these halls not very long ago were dark. And now we've opened up the shades and let the sunlight in. I'll give you some statistics. Since 2009, um, that's when we really feel we've started to change. We have 10,000 members in California right now. 4,500 of those members have joined us since 2009. The average age of a Grange member in 2009 was 65. It is now oh 40. It is now 45. So the average age is dropping dramatically. And I always tell people, you know what? Um, I couldn't stop this movement if I wanted to. It would be like standing in front of a freight train. This has got an energy and a life of its own, and we're going to continue. We're going to continue to partner with organizations like Greenhorn and Transition and Young Farmers Guild and EcoFarm. We've got a concert coming up in Sacramento. Uh, Chris Christofferson is donating his time as a benefit for the Grange. Um, the focus was going to be on the legalization of industrial hemp. Well, we've already, we've now obtained that since we scheduled the, con- the concert, so it will be awareness, and we're going to uh, talk to farmers and let them know what what uh, possibility would be for growing this as a valuable crop, an option to them. So the well, of course, of course, industrial hemp isn't quite as profitable as non-industrial hemp, but that's good. I'm glad. That, I'm glad that <laughs> well, that's true. Uh, yeah. Um, but I think the time will come when, when it will replace a lot of, uh, you know, it's a good thing if it replaces cotton, for example. Um, I think eventually it will be seen as a profitable plant. And I can almost vision five years down the road uh, someone walking into their local Safeway market and looking for that oven mitt that is made out of hemp instead of the other stuff simply because it's more durable and it works better. It's an education process. Well, tell us the details on that event in Sacramento for our people to attend. Yes, that's uh, we're calling it Hemp Aid, and it's February 22nd at the Crest Theater in Sacramento. That's Chris Christofferson. Also on the bill is John Trudell, you might know. And um, wow. tickets are on sale at tickets.com. And that's in the evening or it's the daytime? It's an 8 o'clock. Uh, show and that's it's a small venue it's a thousand seats it'll be nice and personal up close and personal 
And uh, John, of course, has joined the Grange as another advocate for industrial hemp. It's dear to his heart. And uh, we're very happy to partner with him and his organization. And uh, Dr. Bronner's a sponsor. Nutiva is a sponsor. Um, lots of excellent uh, people are going to be there. It'll be a fun night. Wow, what fun. Well, I hope I can come, too. We Please are do. out of time for today, but I look forward to more together in person at this upcoming Grange Future Talk at SHED in Healdsburg. It, they call themselves the Modern Grange. It's a wonderful, pretty pretty incredible place uh, in Healdsburg that sells almost everything under the sun and processes grain and salami and uh, and has upstairs a cultural venue uh, or a, a venue for cultural events, and we will be giving. I will be giving a talk about the study that we've been doing, and probably drawing um, our Grange master, our Grange patron, our Grange president, Bob McFarland, onto the stage too. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Severin. Thank you all for joining us, and please check out the Library Sing collection of Grange history books if you haven't. Um, gotten into Grange history yet and you want to dabble a little, we've put together a nice little reading list. Just Google library thing, Greenhorns Grange. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening. <laughs>